Whether you got up at 4 a.m. yesterday or watched the highlights after, the coronation of King Charles did not disappoint. The event was British through and through with all of the pomp and circumstance one could hope for. The details were extraordinary. The crown jewels, the outfits and uniforms, Kate Middleton and Princess Charlotte's headpieces, the horse-drawn carriage covered in gold, the crowds with their Union Jacks and toy crowns, the air show with a flyover or fly-past, as the Brits call it, the immense military parade saluting King Charles with three cheers, the BBC with its understated commentary, the protest signs conveniently left off-camera, It was all a glorious spectacle. Commentators were quick to talk about how uplifting it all was, especially during a cost-of-living crisis. Even those interviewed who are, let's just say, lukewarm at best on the monarchy were surprisingly emotional throughout the event. But for the church nerds among us, All of that paled in comparison to the liturgy at Westminster Abbey. The setting was magnificent, of course, as the site for coronations since 1066. The objects were a feast for the eyes, too, the orb and scepter and the vestments. The service was a complicated one, detailed choreography and medieval prayers that haven't been said in 70 years, and the music. Now, those in my household who did not wake up at 4 a.m., which is all the rest of them, (laughs) except for Anna, Anna did get up with me, they asked me what the highlight was, and I knew immediately. For me, it was when the choir was singing Zadok the Priest by Handel, which was composed for the coronation of King George II, 1727. Zadok was the priest who anointed King Solomon in the Bible. As they sang yesterday, the screens were moved to shield Charles for his anointing by the Archbishop of Canterbury, that ancient biblical tradition. The moment was sacred. Anglican hearts around the world were surely fluttering, even for those of us who are not particularly keen keen on the idea of the divine right of kings. Now, throughout the service, the archbishop did his best to stay focused on Jesus, the true king of kings, as he reminded the world yesterday. His words about community and humble service and accountability to the kingdom of heaven stood as an important corrective to the complicated event and its opulence. I think those words were pleasing to God yesterday. A coronation is a good reminder of how complicated we Christians can make things. Kings and commoners alike can lose sight of the love and the humble service that Jesus modeled for his disciples. For that reason, I was glad that there was communion in the service yesterday. At an altar covered in bejeweled and golden objects, the priest said words from the night of the Last Supper when Jesus broke bread with the disciples washed their feet, and gave them a new commandment to love one another. We heard a portion of that same text uh, from the Gospel of John today. 
the church sees fit on the first, fifth Sunday of Easter now to take us back to Monday Thursday. Perhaps we need reminding in the midst of our Easter pageantry that our faith has roots in such a simple evening. I feel sure that the human propensity to complicate and to lose sight of what matters most was weighing on Jesus that night. He needed a strategy that would be hard for his followers to complicate. He was all too aware of the shadows that lurk in the human heart, the propensities that would lead to his arrest later that evening. John tells us that he knew the, stor- he knew the storm that was raging in Judas and the betrayal to come. He knew the confusions of Peter. He knew the disciples' aspirations for power in a story that was unfolding beyond their understanding and control. And Jesus, knowing that his betrayal and execution were at hand, had one more chance to break through to his friends. This was not a moment for theology or predictions or pageantry. He tied a simple towel around his waist, washed their feet, and told them to break bread in his name. And he told them to love one another as he had loved them. If there is an essence to Christianity, I believe this is it. Jesus chose ordinary stuff at hand to teach it to us, knowing that simple bread and wine and water would always be available. Which means, of course, that we would have weekly, if not daily, reminders of him calling us back routinely to the heart of Christian faith so that we can love as we have been loved by Christ. It would be easy to lament the unfortunate reality that we need to be called back so often, back from our complications and love of spectacle. But I don't think the intention in Jesus' instructions was for us to feel bad about that. The intention was a gracious and life-giving one, a loving sacrifice made to us in our ordinary need. The reminder of God's love is not simply meant to convict us, it is meant to renew us time and again. I don't believe that a God who continues to offer us this renewal is a scorekeeping God looking at how many times we need the reminder. The Gospel tells us that Jesus will love until the end, and maybe we shouldn't try to complicate that. So, on this coronation weekend, filled with all the splendor one could hope for, may we also find ourselves renewed by the Christian message. May we be reminded about community and service to one another and the true King of Kings. May we honor the simplicity of Jesus' actions on the night that he washed the disciples' feet and broke bread with them and taught them how to love. May we give thanks that we have such a simple reminder week after week. Let this service of Holy Communion be a refuge from the complications of our lives and of the world we live in. Let this time shine with simplicity and most of all, with the love of Jesus. Long live the King of Kings. Amen.